Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Time to bury the tired narrative. And uncover stories not typically heard, but stories that need to be heard. Right or wrong, life or death, this isn't your typical law show. This is Big Angry Law with Charles Big Angry Adams on KPRC 950. Now, Charles Adams. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry I missed you last night. I was buying a new car. Went back to Sterling McCall uh, Chevrolet, I meant Toyota. Got rid of my Chevrolet. They paid me top dollar. This is not an ad. I'm just very pleased with the experience. I got a car that has about a year wait time because of supply chain, and, and it's just not a easy-to-get vehicle. The new body-style Toyota Sequoia, but I got the TRD Pro version, which is basically... To American, uh, you know, the equivalent would be a Raptor. The thing's a beast. It's a hybrid twin turbo engine. I actually had on eco mode today and it sounded very guttural and was very quick, which is the best mileage, which isn't great. But I was driving it on normal and it's just, um, I haven't even tried sport. But Sterling McCall gave me a great deal. I gave me a great deal on my trade and it caused me to miss the radio last night. And I apologize. I'm in love with this truck. I am not in love with the realities of living in Montrose in Houston with the apathy that the rank and file patrol officers are showing very a great number of Houston homeowners. It's contacted by an Instagram follow, mutual follow, who lives. I know where the house is because I've seen the vehicle he talks about. I didn't realize it was his house or his block. But it is on my walking path from my home to Langford Grocery. Now, if you don't know what Langford is, are you really from Houston? It's a, it once was a grocery. It hasn't been in years. It is a little falling down building, a restaurant that is a, featured on diner, drive-ins, and dives with Guy Ferrari years ago. And has an incredible uh, menu of, of different types of burgers. Me, I'm a breakfast taco guy there. They have incredible breakfast tacos. My wife loves their French toast, but we walk, We saw this truck the first time, I don't know, a few weeks ago. Doors were open. It's broke down. Trash spilled all around it. People sleeping inside of it. I go, wow, that's so very Houston right now. And I mean, just an unbelievable amount of debris around the vehicle in the yard of the person whose house is parked in front of. And then we just kept seeing it, right? Now, Houston has a city ordinance that says a broke-down vehicle can't be parked in the street for longer than 24 hours. Well, apparently, the homeowner, who is this mutual follow, had contacted 311, had contacted HPD non-emergency, and everybody refused to do anything. Well, he asked me about it. 
And I suggested, hey, call Harris County Precinct 1. You know, the constables are far more neighborhood-centric and far more responsive, typically. Well, he did that. He called Harris County Precinct 1, and according to him, the deputies came out, and he got this story about, well, if they only move the car an inch a day, that's enough to not be in violation of the city ordinance. Firstly, that's not true. That's a deputy lying because he doesn't want to do any work. Secondly, if the car is broke down, which is visibly broke down, how is it moving? How do you have any idea that the vehicle's been moved? It's just this obnoxious laziness, right, uh, of also it's not illegal to be homeless. You're right, it's not illegal to be homeless. It is, however, illegal to throw trash in, in somebody's yard. It is a violation of city ordinance to have a car that's broke down for more than 24 hours. There are rules, rules that should be enforced, rules that were enacted for a reason. People shouldn't just be able to set up camping from someone else's house. The very thought is insane. So according to this guy, and I, you know, he asked me, he told me in this aftermath, I have every reason to believe him. Homeowner, participatory citizen, here in the Montrose area of Houston. So the deputy refuses to even say anything. And apparently this couple fights all the time, loud domestic disturbances, making a lot of noise at all hours and all the train. Just an all-around horror story to have living in front of your house in a vehicle with no ties to the neighborhood. And I said it looks like it had been an abandoned, looted vehicle the few times I walked by it. Looted because of all the trash around it. What does the precinct one deputy do? Well, he wants to make sure that this homeowner doesn't call again. So he has to punish the homeowner for having the, the audacity to ask the police to do their damn job. What does he do? Well, the bumper of the wife's vehicle parked in her driveway was across the line of the sidewalk, the invisible sidewalk line. Also a city ordinance violation. Well, the deputy wrote the homeowner's wife a ticket for that city. He can enforce that city ordinance violation to a tax-paying, rule-following citizen. But the scumbag, well, the scumbag didn't do anything about the gremlins breaking all sorts of laws and living in front of his house in a broke-down car. No, of course not. He just played the revenuer and the bully. How dare you call us out here? I'm going to write you a ticket to show you. I'm going to write you a nonsense ticket that either you're going to have to pay as a regressive tax on just the fact that you're a participatory citizen, or you better learn. You better learn not to call us again, because that's that's all that ticket was saying. I'm going to stroke you a ticket to teach you a lesson for expecting Service and most certainly, I, I know wonderful police officers. And typically, my response relationship with the constables is is they're the most proactive, the most concerned with the community, community oriented policing. But I don't know what the hell's going on at precinct. I've had a couple of other weird experiences with precinct one deputies, and I like the constable. I haven't talked to him in a few years, but I knew him for a long time. But there is something incredibly broken when a citizen comes out. It calls multiple agencies seeking people committing actual crimes to have some sort of consequence, some sort of redress. We're talking domestic 
a dispute, domestic violence, noise ordinance, pollution, broke down vehicle, laundry list, right? And the only thing that happened was the, the citizen enduring the hassle of the road gremlins that have taken over Montrose. They got a ticket. They got more government tax. Much like the Sugarland officer that struck me a ticket for driving to the courthouse. You know, just out there ruining commuters' mornings. Clown world. Broken clown world. We'll be back in a moment. Big Angry Law. With Charles Adams on KPRC 950. When the sun went down, you were sitting under someone else's sunset. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm back. This is Charles Adams, Big Anger Radio, 9.50 a.m. KPRC, iHeart's True Texas Talk. Lots of local programming on this wonderful station. Some of it I agree with, some of it I don't. Usually the only one I agree with is me, but that's with me on any radio station with anybody. Because I am just a contrarian. I am someone that is absolutely convinced that most vibrant political voices are tainted by a desire to pander to audiences and absurdist extremism, right or wrong. And I think there's a great number who pretend to feel a way about certain things like Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz is one of those people who will pretend to feel however he thinks the political wind blows while telling those people around him that's not how he really feels. He just says it for the stupid, and I think that's a really disgusting way to be. I'm often disgusted by those on the left as well, and that is why I'm just here every evening talking into a microphone, trying to piss everyone off with with my version, mind you, it's my opinion, but it's my honest opinion of the truth. I'll be on television. I'll be on the radio at the same time, but I'll be on television live at 9.30 tomorrow night. We've got a full half hour of me and Quan LX on Fox 26 yelling at each other. Hopefully you'll give it, you'll turn off the radio show for half an hour. You can always catch it later on the podcast and give me a view. My son is apparently unhappy with the Texans' draft decisions. He's been texting me about it, but I haven't been paying attention, and I apologize for that. I will tell you, I saw a, I saw a tweet of an article that I read from Sports Illustrated that I think had the stupidest journalistic take I have seen in many, many years. And that's, that's a very high bar because there's been a bunch of stupid, air quotes, journalism. Well, let's give you a little backstory. Kamisha Williams, 
She's the sister of Kawhi Leonard. Big fan of Kawhi. He's the one that gave Tim Duncan another year. Uh, I mean, another ring in the end of his career. Then left and went to Toronto and won another ring there and turned down all kind of local businesses and Canadian endorsement deals to move home to Southern California, where he's from, and play for the Clippers. Now, he has been off injured. Clippers were just eliminated from the playoffs this year because he was sitting out injured again. And because of the frequency of his injury, Stephen A. Smith, the noted sports pundit, who often seems like he's just saying things to be inflammatory, was demanding that the Clippers force Kawhi to retire. He's really not that old in basketball years, and I think he's got a lot of game left in him. But Stephen A. Smith was was forced to apologize because of the timing of his comments. Well, what you ask, what, why? Well, a while back, Kawhi's sister Kamisha, and I'm in no way to suggest Kawhi has any responsibility for his sister's behavior, but back in 2019 in Temecula, California, she and a co-conspirator entered the Pajanga Resort Casino. I've driven by that casino before. You know, a small, middle-of-nowhere casino. And they attacked an 84-year-old woman, Afaf Assad, in the bathroom. It appears maybe they had stalked her when she cashed in some winnings. Smashed her in the head, broke her skull, and took her money. So Kawhi Leonard's sister, Kamisha, attacked an 84-year-old elderly woman in a casino bathroom, shattered her skull. She died a few days later from the injuries. And now, just this week, she has been sentenced to life in prison for that horrifying deed. And my thoughts are, well, isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful that there was some accountability for that demonic behavior? Well, here's Sports Illustrated's take on it. Stephen A. Smith, Clippers, should force Kawhi Leonard to retire. Here's the quote. Steve Ballmer and the Los Angeles Clippers should force Kawhi Leonard to retire, and I'm done. He needs to go home. It's over. The article continues, Smith added that he is not questioning the legitimacy of his current injury, noting that he has heard rumors that Leonard has a bad limp. Leonard was known for sitting out with the Spurs until he forced a trade. Now, here, all of this, you know, completely unrelated. Here's the paragraph in question. He, talking about Stephen A. Smith, he doubled down. This is the Sports Illustrated article written. Let's go, let's go back and read who the, the author is. Joseph Salvador. Article was published yesterday. He doubled, again, he being Stephen A. Smith, he doubled down right after apologizing for the timing of his initial comments on Friday. Apparently he made these comments last Friday. 
since he made the scathing remarks the same day Leonard's sister was sentenced to life in prison for murder. He acknowledged the tragedy again on Wednesday, but still continued to criticize the two-time champion. So if you read that holistically, I mean, because I tried to see a way where Salvador was writing that it was a tragedy that the 84-year-old was beat to death and killed after winning some money at a rural California casino and going to the restroom. No, let's read again. He doubled down right after apologizing for the timing of his initial comments on Friday since he made the scathing remarks the same day Leonard's sister was sentenced to life in prison for murder. He acknowledged the tragedy again on Wednesday, but still continued to criticize the two-time champion. Well, what the hell is the tragedy? What does the timing matter? Because it wasn't the day in 2019 where Mrs. Assad was beaten to death and had her skull scratched. That was the tragedy. Kawhi Leonard Kamisha being sentenced to prison last Friday for the rest of her natural life was not a tragedy. That was justice. But in this topsy-turvy world where cops come out and say, hey, they can't do anything for the drug-addled idiots that are camping in front of someone's house here in Montrose, but will write the homeowner a ticket for something ticky-tack nonsense, in the same clown world, we have the Sports Illustrated journalist, again, air quotes, saying that it's a tragedy that Kawhi Leonard's sister was sentenced to life in prison. No, idiot. No, stupid. The tragedy, that happened back in 2019. It was justice last Friday. It was justice that a monster, a money-grubbing monster, who most certainly had access to a better life through her brother, who's worth hundreds of millions of dollars, Hundreds of millions of dollars. And instead shows to go beat an elderly woman to death for a few thousand dollars. It's not a tragedy, Joseph Salvador. It is awesome. It is incredible. It is great. And it has nothing to Stephen A. Smith says stupid stuff. But again, he doesn't need to apologize for criticizing Kawhi on the tragic day, his sister got exactly what she deserved. And that very suggestion, well, it's a clown world. You're listening to Big Angry Law on KPRC 950. Standing down on Main Street across from Mr. Blues, my faded leather jacket. My weather broke and shoes A chill north wind was blowing But the spring was coming on Cause I wanted to myself Just how long I had been gone So I strolled across old Main Street Walked down a flight of stairs Stepped into the hall Saw all my friends were there A neon sign was flashing Welcome, come on in It feels so good Feeling good again All right, let's let's get to political talk, but let, let's get there in a second. So this morning, this morning I did Austin Peterson's show out of Missouri. He's a libertarian pundit who I believe 
speaks his truth. I enjoy Austin. I enjoy his Twitter. I've been on his radio show a few times, and he asked me to do what I thought was his radio show this morning. So I drug my at seven thirty. So I drug my ass down here to the studio in a pair of sweatpants and a t-shirt. And he sent me a text saying, where does he send the Zoom link? Typically, it had been a call in. I said, well, is this audio or video? He said, video. Mind you, it was 723. So I ran upstairs, threw on some clothes, set up my equipment, all within about six minutes, tie and jacket. You know, I was still wearing the sweatpants, but you couldn't see them, to do his show. And it was a lot of fun. He let me rant. It was a good time. If you can find it, I'll get the the specific name on a show on break or in a minute, but I absolutely enjoyed it. I enjoy, you know, I just enjoy people that strike me as honest pundits, people that speak their opinion, whether I agree with the opinion or not, right? My issue with those, and there's great many, that just just lie for the audience, just do the little pander. I find that to be repugnant. Yeah, so I was doing that, and I am doing about half an hour. And I had court this morning, so I go upstairs, jump in the shower, getting ready, because i got to get down to Angleton this morning, so it wasn't a close court. And while that's going on, while I'm in the shower, my wife has an encounter with someone in our front yard. I live in Montrose. Everyone knows that. And we have a, a large gate around the yard. And she was sitting on the balcony with our little bitty dog. And... Somebody looked a little bit like Jeffrey Dahmer. Had those Jeffrey Dahmer tinted glasses. There's a video on my Instagram if you want to see him. He just lets his dog tape a crap in my front yard and then kept walking. This is not an uncommon occurrence. I chased one guy down once. Because he was just smug about it. But, you know, he did. That's always driving up. He was walking off. Little smug little punk. Well, she says very politely, hey, there's a, like I said, the video. She cut off the video at the end, apparently. He was like, you're welcome. But he, she says, hey, you're not going to pick up your poop. And he decides to start berating her about, what, are you looking for a fight? He says, he's a man. You're not much of a man, but a man. And then you just see in your big house behind your gate. I mean, this is the world we live in. And he did. He had a, he had a thing of bags in his hand. He was just such a lazy turd playing on his phone. He just didn't care. I know this might be petty to some of y'all, but, you know, be polite. But it's just insane to me that, one, he was being confrontational with a woman. I mean, I guess this is the age we're in, right? You know, who knows? I saw an interesting quote from Martina Navratilova. I talked about her strident position about women's sports spaces being for biological, you know, born women and, how she's been ostracized from many, many LGBTQ organizations she's been involved in for decades. And she said, you know, you know, stop explaining feminism to feminists. But, you know, like, who knows? Who knows this weirdo that thinks he can be confrontational with a woman? Of course, she videos it, but doesn't tell me about it until after I get raised. So then I lose another 30 minutes doing basically a police grid through my neighborhood, both north and south of Westheimer, looking for him. Because, you know, I'm a lunatic. Didn't find him. I imagine he lives in the mid-rise around the corner because that's the only place he could have gotten to, I think, without... Or maybe the apartment's on the next block. And as all, you live in a big house, suggest apartment living. 
And she wasn't being classist. She's just tired of people leaving their dog crap in our front yard constantly. Kind of guy doing it one time. He was standing next to my house, like all the way up in the yard. His dog was digging a hole in my yard because there's a strip that's not fenced on the far side of the driveway. And I thought he was my neighbor at first. And people, the audacity of people. But not at all what I want to talk about, but just like, oh, you're aggrieved because someone politely says, hey, are you going to pick up your dog's poop? She didn't say it like rude at all. But people are just, I don't know, the audacity of it all. And let's let's talk about the audacity. Let's 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 get to a little Joe Biden. I mean, this is a political show. Let's uh, let's listen to a little Joe. First White question House. from Courtney of the Los Angeles Times. Thank you, Mr. President. Your top economic priority has been to build up U.S. domestic manufacturing in competition with China. But your rules against expanding chip manufacturing in China is hurting South Korean companies that rely heavily on Beijing. Are you damaging a key ally in the competition with China to help your domestic politics ahead of the election? And one for President Yoon. There have been concerns since last year that North Korea will soon be conducting its seventh nuclear test amid growing domestic support in your country for your own nuclear weapons. Meanwhile, Russia has suggested it could send its latest weapons to North Korea if South Korea sends lethal aid to Ukraine. How do you seek to manage the North Korea risk amid obligations to Ukraine and NATO? So Courtney Subramian with the Los Angeles Times, picture of her on what I'm looking at. It's a picture like a, a, not a mug shot, but like a head shot. Well, that was, that was a pretty detailed question for both the leader of those two, the United States and South Korea. Obviously, our executive is Joe Biden. I mean, it was, it was a tough question for Joe. But in Joe's hands, he's holding a sheet that has her picture, her name, and the outline of the question. This is journalism today. That the president is getting the questions in advance from so-called journalists and asking the journalists that he selects. Now, our press secretary, who was one of the most artful liars to have ever lived, her response. We do not have specific questions in advance. That's not something that we do. And in fact, I would point out the questions that was asked was different uh, than what was on the card that uh, you all saw. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to play this clip from the subsequent press conference with Karine Jean-Pierre telling the media uh, who were questioning about the president's cheat sheet. Well, let's play our response one more time. We do not have specific questions in advance. That's not something that we do. And in fact, I would point out the questions that was asked was different uh, than what was on the card that uh, you all saw. So her, her statement was that the president doesn't get the questions in advance. And she bolstered that by saying, well, the question in his hand with the picture of the reporter wasn't exactly word for word the same as what she asked well 
it was the exact same question with slightly different wording. So apparently she, the reporter from the LA times didn't read it word for word. She paraphrased it, but he had the gist of the exact question and most likely the answer. You can't see the other portions under her hand. And that's insane. That's as insane as him hiding his son behind the White House gate so he can't be served process in his his stripper baby mama's lawsuit seeking to hold him financially accountable for the child that they won't even, they're trying to strip of the Biden last name. I mean, what a scumbag family. Like this child isn't to blame. This child shouldn't be treated as it's not her father or grandfather, but that's what they're doing. Media not melting down about it. In fact, the media completely and totally ignoring it because it's Biden. If it was Trump, of course, they'd be having a meltdown on the headline of every paper. And now, well, it's his son. It's not him. Well, when he's hiding the kid in the White House, when he's not making his son take ownership of having a child with a woman out of wedlock, which isn't a big deal, whether it's somebody in the champagne room or whatever. And what kind of scumbag family ostracizes it at the toddler? And that's the thing, right? I mean, Joe Biden is an absolute scumbag. I am, you know, during the Trump presidency, I called Trump a scumbag. I call people, they call it as I see it. But Joe Biden sets a very high bar. I mean, we literally had the intelligence community concede that it lied to America trying to protect his candidacy, and no one seems to care. It's insane. Big. Angry. Law. With Charles Adams. Continues. Jen in the version of Can't You See. Uh, so many of Willie Nelson's contemporaries' birthday. Just either coming up or just happened. I should know this. I should have played Willie tonight. I think it's coming up. Or maybe it was last week. I feel like an idiot that I don't know now. But so many of his contemporaries passed away so long ago. Speaks to how much better marijuana is for you than alcohol if it's a vehicle of escape. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about some horrifying crimes that happened across this country. Now, there was like the the woman who was on Twitter. Maybe a woman, maybe the anonymous person on Twitter who was castigating me for taking the position that we shouldn't be holding Lena Dalgo to account for or the 
allegations against her staff and her. One of the staff members famously left the office, and I saw today that someone was posting that he left the office to just go run another county agency. But if you stand accused of you know, engaging in abject cronyism to divert tax dollars from appropriate agencies to a political friend, should you be running any county agency? I don't know. It seems to be a bunch of scumbaggery. And it seems like the media should be paying far more attention to it, but they're not because of politics, which is disgusting. But let's move to crimes, right? And I don't think this person on tour is going to be upset that I talk about other crimes. Her or their position, again, I don't know who it is, a Twitter coward, was that because there hasn't been anyone found guilty in a court of law, I wasn't entitled to express an opinion that I think they're guilty of the crime in the Elevate scandal. I love when people trot that out. They're, they're always willing to indict people they don't sympathize with. I mean, people have been doing it with Donald Trump for years. And you, know, and you would, people trying to bully silence on that, would say, well, he hasn't been convicted of anything. Well, it only applies to the fact finder in the criminal prosecution, that presumption of innocence. It doesn't, we're not required to be stupid in America. I mean, O.J. Simpson most certainly killed Ron Goldman and his ex-wife, Nicole Brown Simpson. But he was not convicted in a court of law. But anyhow, so you have these friends, all 18 years old. Nicholas Carroll Chick, Joseph Koenig, and Zachary Quack. Well, they decide, this is in Colorado, to throw giant rocks off overpasses and hillsides onto vehicles driving down a highway. They did it to several vehicles, and one of them killed a 20-year-old girl while she was on the phone at 10.45 p.m., just on April 19th, with one of her best friends. So she's driving down the road, and all of a sudden a giant boulder crashes through her windshield and kills her. Kills her. The friend used the Find My iPhone to find the car. She had a head injury, not moving was found, and I quote from the affidavit, cold to the touch. Biological matter in the car, her blood, and a river rock also in the vehicle. It was reported that a number of other cars had a similar experience, but were not killed. Technology was used to identify these three suspects. One of them's father tried to obstruct police from arresting him. They are now all three held without bond for murder. They'd probably all be released in Harris County. Uh, But this poor girl, Alexa Bartell, is dead. Dead because three scumbags, three high school-age scumbags, thought they were going to go throw rocks and shatter people's windshields. Apparently, they've confessed to having a blood oath afterwards to keep silent about this murder. It's just horrifying. I mean, what what kind of human stain must you be that you're just going to go around and throw giant rocks through people's windshields just for fun? Oh, the big kicker? They went down, before the blood oath, they went down and took a picture of the death scene. You know, for posterity. It doesn't get much stupider than that, but oh, I might I might have you a stupider. Stupider. That's a stupid word. 
Let's go to Brownsburg, Indiana. There are five people charged. They've all been fired also by the Brownsburg Community School Corporation. These are all elementary school staff in the special education program. You have a nonverbal seven-year-old. But what, what happened to the seven-year-old? Well, a 27-year-old teacher, Sarah Seymour, a 48-year-old teacher, Julie Taylor, a 63-year-old instructional aide, Deborah Canet, while two others, a 38-year-old instructional aide, Kirsten Mitchell, and 24-year-old Megan King, a behavioral technician, watched the, this, what we're about to tell you about and did nothing. They've all been charged with crimes. Well, what do they do? Well, then there was a video, a horrifying video, where these teachers and instructional aides told a seven-year-old special needs kid that if he threw up, they were going to make him eat his own vomit. And they handed him a tray for the vomit and a spoon. Yes, these scumbags are charged with forcing this seven-year-old child to eat his vomit. These two Seymour and Knip stood on either side of him like, I don't know, like, Third Reich guards in the Holocaust, obviously not to that extreme. The child wasn't killed, but just in an incredible evil manner. And here on this video, a police captain, local Brownsburg police captain, Jennifer Barrett, was quoted as saying, anybody who watches the video, it's going to be a pendulum of emotions. You first see it, and you are in disbelief and shock, and then you move to anger and outrage, and then you go back to disbelief and shock. This is a kid with a cognitive disability that impacts his memory. Apparently, Barrett, the capital's quote is saying, he is verbal again with the memory being affected. He wasn't able to tell us what happened. Now, this happened back in February, but the video has just come to light. This actually came forward for another party. There was an internal process going on within the school corporation about a completely independent issue, and it was during this process that this information was discovered, and the school contacted us immediately. This is the police captain. At the end of the day, they failed. They failed our children, they failed that child, and they failed all of us. And then, of course, after forcing the kid to eat a portion of his vomit, they then made him clean it up with paper towels. This is a seven-year-old child. And I formed an opinion on it because there's a video. And it's insane. What monsters? And you see that, you know, oh, you can't criticize teachers. Well, what you can't do is criticize the concept of public service. You should applaud public service. But there's nothing you should be more critical than of corrupt public servants, whether it's Lena Hidalgo or these teachers, except for murderers and molesters like these murdering scumbags in Colorado. It's all just awful. Thanks for listening.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.